I was going to say, I think that if they're going to do anything about this making somebody less anxious and depressed, they're not going to focus on like the gene that makes you anxious or depressed. It's going to be the gene that makes you be able to tolerate that stress, that, that anxiety yeah. and depression. How can I combat anxiety and depression? It's all going to be resilience based because you can't like, why? Okay, like, why are you depressed? And why don't you Such want your kid to have? Question. Right, exactly. So why don't you you don't want your kid to feel like you? Hello, everyone. And welcome back, or welcome to, another episode of the Feeding Curiosity Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Wenzel, as always. Feeding Curiosity is a podcast that explores the precarity of human experience, and we challenge ourselves and others to think, question, and synthesize wherever their curiosity takes them. And by human experience, we mean making sense of the events of our life and how we can take those experiences to live the most fulfilling life that we can. And it's my hope that through these conversations, you can take away blueprints to learn and lead a more fulfilling life for yourself. And with that, everyone, please enjoy today's conversation. On today's episode, I'm joined by two of my returning friends, Mike Tacona and Ben Kapelnik. On this particular conversation, we turn back the clock into an old school podcast. We pick a topic and discuss it broadly. The topic for today's episode is unpacking and trying to understand genetic editing. The reason for picking this topic was from a Nova PBS documentary. I'll share a quick intro to that documentary now. The title was Human Nature with an extraordinary new technology called CRISPR. We can now edit DNA, including human DNA. But how far should we go? Gene editing promises to eliminate certain genetic disorders, like sickle cell disease. But the applications quickly raise ethical questions. Is it wrong to engineer soldiers to feel no pain? Or to resurrect an extinct species? And is there harm in allowing parents to choose their child's features, like eye color or height? The scientists who pioneered human genome studies and CRISPR grapple with these questions. And this premiered September 9th. We use that documentary as a launch pad to get into this entire discussion. But we don't stay super true to the documentary. But if you're interested in this topic at all, I highly recommend you check that out. On top of this, I would also recommend you check out the show notes for this conversation because I will include links to other topics related to this as we speak about them. In so with that, everyone, please enjoy this conversation on genetic editing. And I'll leave you with a few questions. In terms with any sufficiently advanced technology, the question is, where should we stop? And in general, what does it mean for the human race once we start adopting these technologies? And I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. And thank you again for listening. What's up? I'm Mike. I know. Hey, that's Ben. It's been a long time since either Who's Ben have been know, on the ben. podcast. It's been a long time. We just listened to Ben read a... A paragraph out of this book. It was pretty good. Yeah, I know, right? Very sensual, very good. It great, stopped his hiccups. Great warm-up. It did stop my hiccups. It's, it's pretty... I think because you had to control your breathing by saying sentences. I think what it is is I just need to mess with you guys in order to get my life together. That also, too, could that, that whole... Super weird. super weird. What's on the agenda today? So, really, this is all driven by you, Mike, because you sent me a awesome Nova PBS... I guess documentary yeah. on human nature and genetic editing. Yeah, CRISPR. And so we watched it and we had a really cool conversation that came out of it. And it really circles around just what's happening in the world of genetic editing currently because it's re really recent. I think it was released only five days ago. Yeah, on the 9th. Yeah, so. It, and so then when we're talking about genetic editing, what you mentioned to me earlier was that whole Jurassic Park type thing. Oh, we'll taking get to that. Genetics and manipulating it modifying they're trying to do slash that. cloning it <laughs> we're trying to talk about here today right That's now it. yeah it's part of it we're going to circle around the whole spectrum of it and really it, it'll stem from the more recent discovery i don't know exactly when crispr was discovered i want to say like 2016 maybe uh, i think it was, was no i think it was before that i think it was like 2000s early 2000s i didn't really i didn't really hear a lot about it only maybe two years ago it started getting Getting traction. Yeah. But I don't know if you want to talk about CRISPR a little bit, Mike, since you were exposed to it while doing nursing in your bio. Oh, yeah. With microbiology. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So because yeah, I have no idea. 
So from what I know, CRISPR, it's a way to recognize gene patterns. And so there's filler genes and then there's CRISPR genes, which CRISPR is like repetition. They're able to like notice that the the certain nucleotides are the same. They're in the same pattern for X amount of genes, and that repeats. And in between those repeated patterns, there's filler genes. And then those filler genes are the ones that we can then adjust if, let's say, one causes uh, somebody to have hemophilia, for instance. So with CRISPR, they were trying to figure out, like, how can we go and edit genes? And that's when we get to Cas9, which is a protein that snips those genes out. And mm-hmm. they figure that out through bacteria fighting off viruses. It's all really crazy, but... We're actually at the point now where we can go into the cell, into the DNA, cut out unfavorable DNA, and insert new RNA for that CRISPR gene to modify, or sorry, not CRISPR, for that the Cas9 will cut away the bad DNA, the RNA will get transcribed from the DNA, recode it, and fill in the blank that the DNA was cut off by the Cas9 protein. Okay, so so like... That's all 100% new to me. Yeah. Like, yeah. This I, is. I, I have no idea that any of this was even in existence. <laughs> so basically what you're saying is you, you, you have a newborn and they can, or is this a newborn or is this anything pre-birth? Both. Anything. Post and pre. And, and does the age limit, like, does there as far as we know, off? this is where the ethics come in right. because we don't, I've, I think a year ago, there was an article that China had edited two children, two identical twins. So this has been done on humans, but in places where there's less strict It's rules. lenient. Yeah. Right. China is one of those places. So you, can, you can test stuff on humans. In yeah. China. So, Ooh, well, yeah. much quicker. So far in the United States, there's a company that was in this documentary called eGenesis. Yeah. They now have the most genetically modified pigs in the world. They've edited over 63 genes on these pigs and they're happy, healthy, and totally normal. You wouldn't know otherwise unless being told. Those are like the control picks to show like that the gene editing doesn't really affect anything. Yeah, it doesn't destroy your body. So basically what you're telling me here is that the world has found a way to go into somebody's genes, somebody's DNA, and they can take away those defects. Gattaca. Yeah, that's a great example. The, The defects that are like anxiety depression or yep. is, is it even like ADHD? Yeah, possibly. If, they, if that, there's a gene associated with all it. All of that if, and they yeah. can cut away from that and say we're going to make the like the most happiest, best physical humans like yeah. specimen yep. we possibly can. Yep. Ideally. Cut away from all of that <laughs> and just allow this person to be the most happiest like normal human being in the world. And that's where the ethical decision to there's do that no lies. There's no ethics behind that at all. No, that's not true. Mm, nope. 100% okay with that. Cut away, <laughs> cut away at everybody's DNA to make them the most physically and mentally happiest human being you ever can. So I guess that really brings the question is what are the ethics behind that people are questioning? Weaponizing. Ooh, you can make, you can make soldiers. Superhuman. Yeah. Fear. Ooh. You can't. Right. Fear. They literally, there was that a guy, They I think they said there was a kid. And I was expecting it to get. There was Damn, a kid in Saudi Arabia or something was purposely injuring himself because self-harm self-harm for people to look at because performer and he had a a gene that they found because he ended up dying he jumped off of a building i don't know what like how high the building was all i know is that he jumped off the building to prove that he can't feel pain and it ended up killing him this gene that this guy had it actually like it prevented the the pain receptors from actually firing. They weren't getting signaled from the. Dude, so dangerous, though. right? Because <laughs> those are like the people that can burn their hands on stoves, yes. and right. they won't know. And right. then next thing you know, they they just have burn marks. They- right. If you make a a soldier that has that capability. He can fight forever almost. Yeah. And Vladimir Putin talking in front of a whole audience about how they're able to, you know, edit genes now. And then he was like saying, we can cure disease. We can do, make people very intelligent and we can make soldiers that don't feel pain. And everybody's face just went gloom. Yeah. And they were like, that's the problem. He says, that's more terrifying than a nuclear bomb. Oh, absolutely. If people who don't feel pain. Yeah. Because if there's a soldier that's charging at you, that just doesn't feel like that's almost having an entire army that is on like bath salts. Yeah. Methamphetamines. That, that is just, that is people who harm other people because they can, because they feel nothing. Well, and that, and I, that, that's what's terrifying. 
Is that so? Then I guess yeah. that is that ethical question of what genes can we? It's how it's the question of how far it's because I don't think this is ever going to be a thing where it's a no go zone. It's because there's going to be cases, and I think the way this documentary starts paints this picture really well. With they have a boy who's I don't know how old he is, dude. I don't know if they say he's in his teens. Yeah, I would say twelve. The hemophiliac, maybe. right? Yes. He, or not hemophilia, sickle, sickle cell. And so they have this boy, and he basically has to live in the hospital and get blood transfusions because of the sickle cell anemia. And for those of you who don't know too much about sickle cell anemia, is it's prevalent in African populations, but it's literally your blo- your red blood cell has a protein missing, so it folds in properly and looks like a sickle shaped. So it looks like a half moon. And it's genetic defense against malaria. And that's the thing is these genetic things, these changes in DNA have their gifts and curses because yeah. the curse of this is that they're, they don't move super well in your bloodstream and you'll have like sickle cell attacks, I guess it's yeah. called like, like asthma attacks where you'll so have cause like clots or yeah, I can it, yeah. immense pain. It like shortness of breath and because your cells are smaller too, so they don't hold as much oxygen mm-hmm. so that you just have some biological limitations on what how much you can physically push yourself. And I think they figured that out, too, because the African-Americans who moved over here, the climate can get cold at times. So your your vessels constrict, constrict ah, where you're over in Africa and it's a hot climate. They're usually mm-hmm. dilated most of the time. Mm-hmm. So when folks would come over here and have the cold climate, the vasoconstriction, constriction, they really started getting these attacks more often. That's interesting. I believe uh, you could fact check me on that, but yeah, I I'll believe look it up that's, and try to find that's it something that's though. like how they figured it out. Mm. That's super interesting. I didn't think about that, but that yeah. does make sense. Yeah, essentially sure. those crescent cells, they just get clogged pretty much. And they're not able to pass the gas oxygen along and everything. Right. Yeah. And more, but yeah. And so the interesting thing here, though, is as someone, his name is I put it on here, David Sanchez. He has an awareness about him, which I find really interesting about children who are born with horrible, rare diseases, either physical abnormalities or genetic diseases like this, where they have to be in the hospital and just aware of their limitations or mortality, even. But they say things super plainly, and at the end of the the episode, they ask him like, "What would you like? Would you not want to have?" sickle cell or anemia and and he's no i wouldn't change it because i learned things about myself because ever having had this that i wouldn't have learned otherwise and so therefore i wouldn't change the fact that having gone through this but it's also the same thing and i texted this to mike while we were watching it that we always have this idea that we want to shield our children or our friends or family members that we care about from struggles that we share But at the end of the day, we still need to struggle in whatever forms that we have to struggle that are unique to us to grow. That is such a, like, harder argument to try to come against, though, is because, yeah, sure, like, we going against struggle is definitely one of the best ways to overcome and to grow as a human being. But at what point do we look at each other and say, you shouldn't have to struggle to this extent? Mm-hmm. Like you, you are struggling more than this person next to you or this person over there. You're struggling more than them. To what extent do we say, we understand that you've learned more through this struggle, mm-hmm. but if there's a way that other people in the world don't have to have the same struggle, would you change that? And to where it gets complicated is some people are like, oh, like I I've have a lot of life lessons through this struggle. Mm-hmm. So that's great. That's awesome. That's amazing. It's beautiful. I'm happy for you. But at the same time, would you really wish that upon somebody else, like a child? And you could still like, experience do, those life lessons without the thing, but hundred percent without the disease. And it, like I said, it's in a different it, way. It comes to a certain point. And it says. Even though you've learned those life lessons, does it make it worth it for other people in the world to have to go through that who, to some extent, a lot of other people in the world won't go through it the same way you did? Yeah. It could be very worse for somebody else. It could be it could take a very dark turn for somebody else. So is it worth it to have people go through that struggle to learn that? Or is it kind of one of those things is like, hey, it was a struggle and you learn from it, but what if we could take that struggle away? Is it okay if we take that struggle away? And for me, life lessons are absolutely amazing, but what if we were all on the same page to where it didn't take struggles to learn that life lesson? What if there was an easier way? What if there was a better way? Because me personally, like if somebody said, Hey, 
your children. We can make life better so they don't feel this way. I would drop everything. I would sacrifice everything in the world to make no sure dollar my value. children. <laughs> there's no dollar value on anything in the world. To say, hey, if my children can have it easier, hundred percent, sign me up. And there if was parents I, in the documentary. He said pretty much the same thing. If I had to give a right leg, mm. if I had to give a left leg, if I had to give both my legs, all so my even limbs, just full, full on sacrifice, everything. Yeah, if I had to die for my children to have an easier life, hundred percent, sign me up. And for so those listening, Ben does not even have children. Now. I do not have children. <laughs> and and if you think about all the struggles leading up to like our generation now, the generations before us, all they all had that mentality more Absolutely. or less. I, I want to. I need and for the boomer generation, their fa- parents or family was like, I need to work hard so my kids don't have to work as hard as I did. Right. Well, yeah, and they wanted to forget the war. And now look at us. Now look at us. Now none of us are working as hard as we need to, and now everybody's bit. complaining about it. These kids don't work hard anymore, but the no. whole thing was, I want to work harder so my kids don't have to. Yeah, but so at what point do we understand that life lessons just aren't worth the struggle? Yeah. When do we give up the struggle? When do we make it easier for future generations? If we whether, prevent- it's our, whether it's our kids or not, when do we give up the struggle for future generations? And if that's an ethical question, obviously when it comes to the fact of like war and weapons of mass destruction kind of terms of that it's it can be very questionable because there are a lot of yeah. things that and we then, have to worry about but when it just comes to to basic humanity and living in a society when do we say the struggle just ain't worth it anymore they don't need those life lessons when it comes to the amount of struggle they've been through when do we call it enough and you have to also have to take into account resilience of people too everybody has a different like threshold for certain things too some people can take that trauma and get something out of it some people can't take nearly as much trauma and they're traumatized from it and what sucks about that is you don't find out how much that person can or can't handle until it's too late until it's too late so (laughs) when you just call it i know they're doing trials or i'm not sure if they're trying trials on people yet but about how ketamine is a resilience promoting drug Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, ketamine. Because I know ketamine is, is a minor psychedelic. It has some psychedelic properties. More or less. Was, it's it's like a tranquilizer type. Was ketamine... Uh, it's also an analgesic, too. Yeah. It huge when like, we were in high school. Yeah. Yeah, ketamine. I think so. Yeah. And they would go in the K-holes. That's a very... But ooh, they, they do it actually, somebody, uh, I forgot her name, but I learned it in school, in college, it was like an ethics class more or less, but it was about how ketamine, when you give it to people who are going to be prone to trauma promoting scenarios, like going to war, going to Afghanistan or Sounds like somebody, who, MDMA. yeah, or like somebody who, even if it's like somebody has severe test anxiety mm-hmm. where they can't go and take a test or they freak out. So they were even saying like maybe a dose of ketamine can prevent that person from feeling traumatized after the fact or during the fact they can go into it with a more resilient mindset and the threshold for struggle increases so they can take more and leave with you know less baggage yeah so i thought that was interesting too but if you could do that genetically to make people to make kids maybe not get into like negative thought patterns thought loops to keep them less stressed to keep less them less stressed less, right yeah. like like more carefree attitude and more like creative a attitude a more curiosity focused attitude then that that's a positive thing you don't have to like physically change someone's body to be superhuman what if you just change someone's mentation and like does depression run in the family can we figure out a gene associated with depression and make it so like they have and maybe possibly so more serotonin can. yeah Maybe that could be a thing and that could, you know, prevent all this SSRI stuff and suicidal ideations and stuff. But I don't know any of that yet. Yeah, they haven't really figured that part of it out, but it's like the thought. Yeah. And and it's I going think here. That would be because mental health right now in this generation is freaking, it's not good it's for everybody. It's, COVID is a huge example of all this. One of the ramifications of being in isolation or pseudo isolation for yeah, you know, and and a months. lot of suicides, I, I domestic will, abuse, all I that. I will say though, I am a hundred percent proud of everybody in the world who has either been a hundred percent okay with coming out with saying how they're feeling, but especially proud of the world for being a hundred percent 
with understanding and empathizing and mental health not too long ago has been one of those sore subjects that we just don't really want to talk about yeah and now it's becoming okay to talk about it yeah and so i'm I'm super proud and happy with the world for understanding that and so like that's what sucks about this whole thing going on right now that we're talking about is because we've found a way to possibly eliminate that scenario but then as you said we want to create super soldiers Mm. we don't want to feel pain and do this why is it that there's always something in the world that can benefit society that people want to take advantage of they always that that if anything can be weaponized, someone will figure it They'll out and they want it. because they it's all it. Why is power controlled because and power think about how great the world would be. If well, that's we a, could isolate those issues and eliminate them. Yeah, that would be huge. Well, that's the thing People about would any, work together, any idea band together or technology. It's not about the technology itself. It's not about this CRISPR. And it's about who holds that technology. It's how you use hand. it at the yeah. end of the day. Nothing, nothing is inherently good or evil. But it's the applications that matter and it's how and it's the people that have the application in mind and who they allow to use them in these ways. Because if you do it right, it allows for people to have someone like sickle cell and know that they have this. We have tests nowadays that you can do with 23andMe where you can find your genetic predominance and say whether or not you have APO4 little e for late onset Alzheimer's. And you can find that out and you can start doing different things to either prevent that like retroactively, like in your lifestyle. But if you say you are a carrier for something like sickle cell and you happen to be dating someone or you're married to someone and you're like, I guess we're going to have kids now. But you guys both it's have. Like we want to take that gamble of are our children going right. to have this or not. And that's such a strong gamble that almost I feel like having that knowledge restricts people. Of, I don't want kids could because i don't want them to go through this there might be a certain subsection of people that will do that i guarantee you there will be a certain subsection of people that will find out these things and say i don't i don't want to take that risk there are people and there's totally i totally get it. i don't want to give my kid hemophilia or because there's people in this world that want nothing more in the world than to have kids but then they have some genetic issue that they're worried that they can give to their kids so they give up on the fact of having children because there's this possibility of passing down. Oh something. yeah. And that's going to change. But, it's going to happen. And, and, and it sucks too, because a lot of these things, it's not like they're horrible. It's not like there's no, no hold of it. It's not like a lot of these things you can have it, but there's things that will make it easier. There's things that will make it better. A lot of these things in the world that like there, there are ways to make it livable. <laughs> But yeah. still, there's these people out there. Like, I know it's livable, but I still don't want to put my children through that. So mm-hmm. they don't want to have kids because of that. And so then when you breach into that territory of there's nothing that can make that easier to live with. And I have it. So I don't want my kids to have that. So then it completely erases the idea of having children in your mind. Oh, yeah. It's going to be test to your babies in the future. 100%. Like the guy, like, the, I the guy in the documentary. Perfect child. Oh, so yeah. it's not like we're not going to conceive it naturally. The guy, the guy in the documentary says it perfect. He says in the future, sex will be recreation and childbirth be, will be procreation. Yeah. Yeah. There's two categories. One is for fun and one is for, one is for actually having kids <laughs> and they're going to do always fun no matter what. Right. But. So they're, they're not going to eliminate the fact that human nature, we, we want to, you know, have sexual encounters. But why go through the gamble? You know, why, why roll the dice when you right. can control it? That's going to be a thing. There's no way it's not going to be a thing. This just totally takes away from the whole humanity portion of life. Yeah. It's, it's because, yes, absolutely. Life it's, is a It's gamble. always fun. It's always, hey, we're having fun. <laughs> but at the same time, like, when it's like childbirth, like procreation is for a lot of people. There's some people out there in the world that don't want to have kids and that's okay. That's everybody has a choice. choice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's okay. But for a lot of the people that do want to have kids, it's it's a super fun way to get to that point. <laughs> so then when you breach into this territory of your child, your your children can have defects, it comes to the point to where it's not fun anymore. Yeah. And what do you do in that scenario? Because no matter how productive you are in avoiding that situation, sometimes it happens. And so when you're constantly worried about, I don't want to have children because my children could go through this. I don't want to do it. 
it almost becomes a task of making sure you don't have children while you're having that fun. And so it's, what do you do in that scenario? And then it also just takes away of the beauty of childbirth. Like what a beautiful creation that is. You have a human creating another human and you get to have fun while doing it. But then you get this, these test tube babies of, I want to have a perfect child. So here's this sperm, here's this sperm, here's this sperm, create the perfect genetics, mix it in one and then put it it needs to go. You can even go as far as to aesthetically changing how your baby will look. And so to me personally, I look at that and, and one of those kind of, what is without the fun part? Like, what is the fun in that? I want a child <laughs> that looks like me. That is me. That is, yeah. I want a child that embodies me and my significant other. Can I go deep real quick? Absolutely. We're feeding curiosity here. <laughs> now, okay, we all know AI is going to get involved in this in some way. Or form. Oh, Listen to how deep this is going to be. Go when, deep, Michael. When AI controls our genes, we are now slaves to robots. We are now created by robots. Yeah. So now, technically, the robots are playing God in a sense. And the robots will be God and we will be his subjects. Yeah, to mitigate what is wrong with the human society. That's con- that- the AI <laughs> program. Crazy to think they're about they're going because, to... Because, yes, yeah. robots will say, this is a human flaw. <clears throat> Get rid of it. What do we do with human flaws right now? Well, it's going to give you like a probability. Say, it'll be analyzing, say, your genome and your significant other's genome and say, oh, here's all the incompatibilities. We'll just snip those ones and replace it with the proper ones. But you won't know what that... like. Me or you won't know what that means. It'll be behind some sort of company that says, here's your list of things that we're removing and, and making better, in quotes. Whatever, yeah. whatever better is by their criteria. Well, here's an ethical question for you. Let's say if you were about to have a child and somebody said you have a 10% survival rate, would you take that or not? What do you I mean? Would. Like the baby actually survived. You had a 10% survival rate for both parties of who's delivering the baby. You have a 10% survival rate for your wife and your kid. So either the wife dies or the baby dies. Or both. Or both. No, it's both. It's either Yikes. they both live or they have a 10% survival rate. Well, that's not necessarily like, what's happening, though. And that's all personal. But when it comes to ethics is the human side of things, we would take that 10% and see it as a 90%. We're good to go. Sure. When it comes to AI, they would say 10%. That is a failure rate. Execute everything we need to execute. So when it comes to AI, 10% failure. 10% in human nature, depending on person, we're usually like, roll the dice, let's take that 10%. Fuck it. Take that 10%. That's why we're so addicted to the casino. AI, (laughs) AI robotics, if it's 50 and under, cancel it. Cancel. And that's what's scary about AI taking over as well, because if there's not a sufficient survival rate, it will 100% say, fuck that. I don't think that's going to happen. Human nature, though, human nature, though, it says we don't care what we don't care what the rate is. We don't. This is what we want. This is what we believe in. And we believe in a higher power that says they will make it through us, whether that's God, whether that's whatever you believe in. 50 and under, we don't care about. For most of the, like the majority of the world, like it's, hey, we'll take that gamble. A 10% chance, take it. I don't think a, I don't think a test tube baby has a 10% chance of dying. No, I'm not saying a test tube baby. I'm just saying like a natural birth. Oh. So when it they comes. They run like a test. And so you, yeah, so yeah, what you're yeah, saying is how, AI is going to say, don't do that anymore. Have yeah, only test tube babies. Yeah. What, yeah. what an AI world would say is, is, hey, if it's under 50% survival rate, we're going to cancel this right away. Sure. But so if you're a, if a human and they said, hey, you have a 49.9% chance. We'll, we'll change the percentages. Oh, yeah. Says you have a 49.9% chance that your baby could die. Okay. You would still 100% say, sure. let's go for it. Let's do this. Whereas in an AI world, it says it's below 50, abort. Oh, yeah. They're going to control what genes the baby's going to get, essentially, because they're going to run through everything and be like, hey, this is what this this human needs but, to do this, and it's here, all going to be interconnected. But here's the thing. In AI, AI world wouldn't even stop at just genes. The AI world would stop at literally what is successful and what's not. Sure. So they and wouldn't, gonna, they wouldn't gonna, stop at genes. They wouldn't say, these are successful genes. Continue. They would stop and say, it doesn't have a 50% survival rating. 
abort now. To whereas the human nature would be. Well, why would they create something believe, that they we, need to abort? We believe they wouldn't create anything that would. So now we're going even deeper. Well, that's what AI I'm saying. Is creating this it's, now? Yeah, it's Mike was saying humans. AIs happen. are already in control. Like I'm, I'm saying it's like a super super hypo- hypo- This is all hypothetical. <laughs> so we we give <laughs> the technology. One, that's what I'm saying. We give so the AI. No- okay, so we give the AI the whole human genome project, and it's mm-hmm. able right. to mix and match what genes are used to create the perfect organism for whatever life will sustain whatever the AI thinks is to be perfect. Because AI is all about perfection, right? More or less about yes, making things theory. work the most efficiently. Theory, yes, yes, yes. So if we give the genes through an AI processor to make what the most efficient baby, what I'm saying, Couldn't it would fail. never fail. Yeah. And then I'm just saying that if we have the AI make the babies, make the choices for us, then that's when the computer's own us essentially right. because so, they are so making and then they're going to be making us and then, weird and then ascent even at some point we can create a whole world so basically what you're saying is that the whole the fun process only remains fun and the creation process is all ai based is that what you're trying to say here yeah is that ai is now procreating for us but we just have sex for fun yeah, yeah. like you'd have some sort of I hate that I- that could be a possibility yeah. i'm not saying it's going to happen and the ai might even make babies who think that sex is pointless but but see you're right so then so why would we even have sex anymore we're all going to be asexual yeah, because, we're going to be robots because you know that's what, what i'm saying that's what it's this can turn into yeah and oh, if you think about it that's terrifying to think about that is terrifying right. to think about because you that's know the only what, reason why i brought it up that's you, why i wanted yeah. to go deep you you know what i think makes the most interesting human being in the world a flawed human being. Absolutely. That brings out the most creative side. And of that's a human coming being. but that's because coming from a human. Imagine if we are living in an AI controlled world that makes that procreates the perfect human. I can't imagine that. That would suck. I, I can only imagine I the love science fiction. A flawed human being. Because we're all flawed. But if we're all created flaws create the best humanity. Sure, but maybe the computer doesn't think so. Listen. <laughs> If, if this is the future, and let's say you're an AI baby, but you wouldn't think it's a bad thing. I wouldn't. Because you no, wouldn't know. Because you wouldn't know. Yes. But uh, so <laughs> let's swing back to the ethics of things. Right. Would we, would we <laughs> as humans nowadays want that to happen? I would say 100% no. Nah. I would nah. say no, too. No way. I love flawed well, humans. But okay, it's going to start with disease. And people, people are going to be like, I don't want my baby to have disease. And I don't want that baby's baby to have disease. And, and that's, that's how it's going to start. Even, no, even easier than that. Okay. And that's so what sucks. It starts like this. Say a company finally gets this CRISPR stuff down pat. It's a super simple operation. Maybe it takes 24 hours. You go in to have a screening. And it's, oh, dude, I'm getting a little old. My eyesight's starting to go to fucking shit. You do a genetic screening, it isolates the gene of your eyesight. So this is a quick genetic lesson. I'm not a geneticist. Gets rid of the oxidative stress. <laughs> well, it's the telomeres. Will be the telomeres. Oh, you're talking about telomeres? Yeah, so for like aging. as you age, your telomeres of your DNA degrades. And right. so it'll find those degrading eyesight genes. And then it'll screen those and say, oh, here's what you we can do. We can bring up your genes to bring up your genetic age for your eyesight to par. God, you are so ready for Cyberpunk 2077. Or, or they can say, if you pay us a little bit more, we can go above average. Or if you have even more money, we can go to superhuman and you can have eyes like a goddamn hawk. That's going to fund this AI future. Now, like, what can we do to make the human society work at its best capacity? <laughs> it's how much can we charge to make a few people be more than human and then what can we also do to make the others that will be less human in air (laughs) quotations here right with the ai based of let's take out the imperfections and make them perfect to be money driven (laughs) fucking powerhouses and this is the crazy thing too it sucks is this is not even this is at a genetic level we're like basically rewriting the genetic source code of humans. There's a whole other alternate world, as you just mentioned, with cyberpunk, where technology is going to get to the point where it's going to be like, why the hell would I want, unless we can get to the point where we can edit our genes and say, oh, I want bones that is as strong as, I don't I know, would fiber, take, fiberglass or something. I would take, a, no, fiberglass, fiberglass is actually um, very weak. Carbon I fiber, would, carbon I, fiber. I, I would take 100% to say, make my bones adamantium. 
make me fucking Wolverine. <laughs> and that's I'm thing. never gonna break a bone. But the never. thing is, is we can we're gonna get to that point that. where we can say, oh, I wanted like just a robotic arm to have the genetic mutations yeah. implemented. You into get to us. pick one or the other. Yeah. <laughs> and it's which yeah. one? Which version would you rather be a biological machine? And that's like all of the early 1900s is we mechanistic view of humanity and, and to where i guess this kind of circles back to our main point i know that we seem to it's okay kind of that's what this is all about kind of drastically <laughs> take away from that and that's partially my fault i kind of just keep adding weird shit to you guys but at the same time it's just like is there a point in the world to where being able to genetically modify yourself to survive the best that you can is there realistically a problem with that but then when it comes to the questions that you want me to get weird again to where you guys asked at the beginning is like but is it for good or is it for evil and that is the most ethical question in the world is how do we find out that these people are doing genetic mutations (laughs) for the good of they just want to survive to the best that they can to whereas are there people who want to have these genetic mutations to go to war or do criminal activities? Well, it's going to be looked at like a controlled substance. But I will always say, like oh, if no, there is it will a be. way to get rid of mental health, I'm 100% for it. Sure. For good, for evil. Also, there, I don't think there's an so, evil way of getting rid of somebody's anxiety or depression. Get rid of it. Hundred percent. There's no question about that. No, there is. But what's your question about that? It's not a question. It's a statement. What's your statement? You get rid of someone's anxiety and fear and depression. They could still now they're not scared to finally go kill somebody. You want to know what's interesting about that? Hmm. You know what I find out more about people who are willing to kill people. Hmm. It is due to their mental illness. It's driven by fear. It's driven by their fear. It's driven by their... They're not good enough. They're scared. They're tired. Right. The, now we're circling back to... I a, don't... I'm going to push back. What is... Because a military person doesn't see the world like that. No, They, that's they see military. the world as bad guys. Yes. They that's see the world as though. A versus B. I have to do my job to protect people around me. So what's to stop an anxious and depressed person to say, hey, this is A versus B, even though B isn't very bad. B is just B because I'm anxious and depressed and I feel like the world's against me. This is where the the dystopian future of this thing gets in the way. And so there's a way to where we can find the genetic mutations. This is the hypothetical future to where we can find the mutations that cause that. So maybe in that hypothetical future, we can find those yeah. test questions that say, do you feel A or B because of this? Right. Or do you feel A and B because it's how you feel? Well, well I feel like anxiety and has, so a, has a biological f- reason to have it. Yeah. As, a, as, Always an ancient, as an ancient human being, it was better. It was more productive to be on a red alert, to be worried about whether or not something's going to jump out of the grass and kill you. It's just versus where today. pretty much everything is pretty, because pretty safe. Because the majority normal. of things are safe. And our our brains are problem sorts, like problem finding machines. They are fucking powerhouses. And we don't have a problem to direct our energy to. It creates those problems. Oh, God, I hate that. But I love that because you're like correct and incorrect. God damn it. I love to hate that. <laughs> You're right and you're so wrong. That's the thing. It's the, God, that's the problem, it, though, is because, really like, is. your brain is producing problems that don't exist because your brain, our brains, I feel like for whatever reason, the human, like, nature hasn't evolved. Our evolution has stopped earlier than it should have. Like, <laughs> well, our technology be, accelerated faster than it should, should have, is in quotes. Or that 100%. <laughs> there is, for whatever reason, that our fears still exist when they shouldn't. It's because it's not like we, it's not like we should go out and swim in oceans and 10 feet water outside of the beach and still fear that we're going to be murdered by some shark, by a shark, or Get pulled some under by crazy animal is that shouldn't be a fear that we have yet it still is mm-hmm. i feel like our genetic evolution either halted earlier or as wenzel said 
Our culture has progressed faster than it should have. Well, now we created new fears. And, and yeah, and because through like, social that, media, that's what happens through anxiety and depression is because our fears are getting elevated further than they should have. And as you said, social media is a hundred percent because of that. Yeah. So maybe because if we got rid are, of social anxiety yeah, and social we, fears, it we, could be different. We are showing everybody else that we grew up with that weren't shit. The fear of all being of a sudden being incredible. Yeah, and they they've there's a great acronym ma- of this. They're, they're making six figures a year, and so now all of a sudden you're looking at it as like, obviously I'm not doing good enough. Now. <laughs> and that's how what... do we get rid of that? How do we get rid of the social anxieties, the social fears, the the fears of <laughs> we're not good enough as human beings? Yeah, and that is that genetic mutation. That well, it's all jealousy. About the the how acronym do we get rid of that in psychology. This that's is rooted it's, in jealousy. It's FOPO, fear of other people's opinions. Yeah, it's it's the fear of what other people think of you. Yeah. And the second that you are a human being that literally doesn't give a shit about anyone else in the world, except for yourself and the few people that you surround yourself with that still treats with the level of respect that they deserve. That's when you become productive. You're horrible. I think that's how you're horrible. You can be productive that way, too, though. You have to so do So how do we get rid of that? You don't need to get rid of it. I'd no. like it's I think we how I do you think live with it. I think that. What's a good way to live with it though? Go Mike. Well, I was just going to say but I don't really I'm the pressure's on now. I wanted you to answer that oh, question. See, <laughs> there isn't one answer. There's see, there's see, a there's whole bunch of So we're going to If you're if you, it's okay to be selfish. Oh, 100% it is right. okay to be and selfish. But at it, the same time, you are able to be selfish better than other people. It is true because I know that I know who I am and yeah. like where and, my dude, boundaries lie. Awesome, I get what you're saying. You're you're like not everybody can understand that. So if you were to tell me right now, right here right now, if I had a kid tomorrow, and I said, hey, bud, we have this way to not make them anxious, to never make them depressed. I don't care what the fuck it costs. I would say go for it. I'm taking See what happens. He's not saying that it's wrong. I'm not I'm saying it's it. wrong. He's talking about the he's talking about the individual level. Right. This is the whole point of this. And pod- there needs to be a way to find that inv- individual yes. level for everybody. Yes. But as and we're circling around to ethics, th- that's the ethics whole- fucking takes it. So far to the fact that when there's good here, there's people who want to use it for wait, bad. Wait, pause, please. Because you keep interrupting as we're all trying to get into topics. The whole point of this podcast is legitimately blue, no blueprints to live better. I'm gonna say it again. But how do we do it? Blueprints to live better. But how do we do it? And safely? that's the, that's the part I have to I not I cannot say. This is what you have to do to live better. Right, I cannot right, right. do that. You have to work you from have an to ethical it out. standpoint. I cannot tell anybody. I can't tell you, Ben, how to live better. I can't tell you, Mike, no. how to live Who's better. Ben? That's weird, Cappy. <laughs> but <laughs> but you can provide the blue. But I can give these stories and these conversations and say. Here's what the fuck people think about. I know, and, and, and I'm sorry, guys. Like, <laughs> no, it's, 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 okay. it's not you. It's super difficult to have these theory, these stories and theories here <laughs> and there and there and there. And then I get it. My own personal. That was not an attack on Mike. It, it was wasn't. not an attack on It wasn't at all. It just got super intense, so I like, wanted... It's like, to <laughs> me personally, if someone guaranteed me a way for my children to be okay, I don't care what it costs. If it costs my own life, I would fucking take that yeah, in a sure. heartbeat and i get it that is you my greatest fear because i yeah. said it earlier is the fear of people having children my greatest fear in life i want to have kids but at the same time i don't because i never want to see my child go through depression or anxiety okay why and i feel like i would give that to them so no somebody offered no. me a way not to i'd Fucking take it. Dude, there's no way you would make your kid feel that way. If you had a kid... I wouldn't make my kid feel that way. I would love my child every second of the way. And then he wouldn't have your problem. But what are genetics? He wouldn't have your problem. See, I don't know that. It's not just rooted... See, now you're getting into nature and nurture. Nature and nurture. Now you're nature and nurture. That's what terrifies me is because I know that I would give my kid... No matter who they are, what they were, no matter what, I would love that child a hundred percent. So he would have the confidence to go 100%. do things without being anxious. But at depressed. the same time, is anxiety and depression genetics? I think it is. Partially, I think, I think, I think everything's about fifty. I think it is. But yes, 
does the social awareness of their surroundings. I feel like mine stem from my childhood, my father, my brothers. It definitely stems from that. But cool. at the same time, I think so too. At the same time, there's definitely some small genetics that, hey, you're going to have anxiety, you're going to have depression. And I'd be terrified for my children. At the same time, I feel like I would overcompensate for the fact of that. And then I would end up ruining my children. You would make because them I'm soft. Overcompensating. Yeah. You would make them soft. Yes, because I want my children to be. Hey able Ben, to protect you know them. how you said you have a bad awareness? You have really good awareness. Oh, you I do. have really fucking great awareness. But so, at the same time, you're... I have really bad awareness. So let's fucking figure <laughs> no, this out I... here. It's called social anxiety. Wenzel, leave me alone. Different kinds, man. Like I think what you're saying right now is super important because as someone who's read. More than I ever should. That's a lie. But I've read so many books on anxiety and trauma and therapy. It's a fucking and killer. It's incredible to hear these stories. For, for one, because of the interactions I've had with people in my own life. But also just to hearing what you're saying is exactly what me- most people Everybody's don't realize. greatest fears are. Though. Yeah. and it, But it's what people don't realize is, is they have these experiences growing up or whatever you but call you, it. But you also need to realize they are still slightly genetic though. Because well, it, it can be genetic, genetic because some people can go through the same shit you went through and come out fine. Come out less yes. anxious, less depressed and be on top of the there world. Are people who conquer the fucking world based on what they've been. Maybe grew up without a dad, went through traumas, grew up poor, did all this crap. <laughs> Maybe had it worse than you even. Yeah. Grew up in the projects. They saw gang violence every day. And now and they overcame now, the fuck out of it. But at the same time, they could pass those struggles to their children, even though they overcame so that. How? And that's terrifying to think about. That's terrifying to think about, dude. It's, it's, I think some of it has to do with a form of willpower, too. A little bit. Definitely. Because if you provide the blueprints, you can look at the blueprints all day. It doesn't mean you have to build the house. <laughs> but, you have to want to build the house. But, but, but also, I guess what, like, the real struggle is, no matter at how much you think you're secure in your child's life, is what else is going on in your child's life that you have does no and over. doesn't create those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And so to, to go to the main concern of this podcast is can you control those things is I would 100% no matter what sign up to no matter what goes on in my child's life, they won't feel anxious and they won't feel depressed because I know mm-hmm. what I can and can't control. But what can't I control? Can I? The it, outside levels of their social anxieties. Their can I ask hu- you a their, question? Yes. So I understand that sentiment. And I don't think anybody, parent or otherwise, wouldn't want that. Correct. But at a psychological level, regardless of how secure they are mentally, how do they deal with that first relationship? When that first relationship, that is the the love of their life for the first time ever, and they know what love is. Well, you and, go back and to it, your mother or And your it father. goes to shit. But even still, I can say I'm pretty stable of a person. I didn't go to my parents when I... that. My first relationship went to shit. I know, but at the same time, you were probably idolizing your relationship to the sense of security of you to your mother or you to your father. Nope. You really? We never talked about anything romantic growing up. I'm not talking not about. Even, I'm not talking not even about close. you speaking to them romantically and saying, "Hey, this is what's romantically going on nope. in my life." But everyone growing up idolizes the fact that who their mother and their father are and their relationship are. No. That is actually step. <laughs> that is step one of your relationship significance. It might not have been for you because you've had a comfortable parent relationship (laughs) or at least (laughs) not not for significant relationships towards what we have understood about you is your mother and your father have been pretty good been pretty solid together for a while but at the same time you subconsciously you hold that in your mind is because you growing up you've like you analyze the relationships around you to where you say these relationships are like this or they're like that or I'm they're gonna, like that. So this is how relationships should go. I will say in early 2019 is when I actually did that. You know what else really <laughs> sucks though? So it took me two relationships that were both two years long with a three year break in between to actually 
begin can't. to analyze my own behaviors. And can I just say, I understand where you're coming from, though. It's, it's you. Let's, we're talking about controlling human capacities. And that's where the ethical, that's, that's where the ethical concerns come yeah, in. Yeah, because what makes one person depressed or anxious doesn't necessarily mean that's going to make, make the other person but we're and, also if, and if you raise somebody in a different environment that the let's say the anxious and depressed person has a kid in an x environment raises a kid in a better environment See, x I, plus I, one I, I i hate the whole environmental issue though is because this person can go through something much worse doesn't mean that what the other person who had a better feels doesn't make it less because pain is pain pain is pain you can you can never rationalize or put on a scale someone's pain your 10 might be somebody else's five yeah pain is what you say is your 10 pain is pain Mm -hmm. and given the whole world and society empathy <laughs> is one of the biggest things in the world that we can worry about is to understand that people's struggles people's pain and it doesn't matter if you're a fucking product of somebody you know, like your father makes 10 million a year so you have a fucking big house big family big fucking awesome shit but your father makes 10 million a year, so it means he is out every single fucking day and never gives a shit about you. I was going to say, I think that if they're going to do anything about this making somebody less anxious and depressed, they're not going to focus on like the gene that makes you anxious or depressed. It's going to be the gene that makes you be able to tolerate that stress, that, that anxiety yeah. and depression. Yeah, How can I combat tolerate or combat anxiety and depression and resilience? It's all going to be resilience-based because you can't like... They're not going to say, okay, why are you depressed? Why, okay, like, why are you depressed and why don't you Such want your kid to have? Question. Right, exactly. So why don't you, you don't want your kid to feel like you? Well, then change the way you do things. But at the same time, it doesn't matter the way that you do things. It's just the, It matters the way that your child perceives the world. And you can do the best that you absolutely fucking can to make sure that your child perceives the world in the best way possible. But sometimes it just doesn't work. Well, that's it. Sometimes it's just that is where the proper mental training comes into play. Correct. Because mindset is everything. Mike, we've been talking about this a lot. A lot. Go ahead. Oh, oh, no, I don't even know what I was going to say, but (laughs) you look um, like you had something to say. (laughs) I was thinking about what I wanted to say. (laughs) Yes. Just to expand on that. If you go to a doctor or geneticist who it's probably going to be like OBGYNs or like the in vitro for uh, those people will be handling some maybe something like this. And you say, I want my kid not to be depressed and anxious like I am. Like, what are they going to say? Even if we get to that so point. So in what way are you depressed? In what way are you... Like, you can't just fix that. You really can't. It would be like trying to say, I want my kid to be a four-minute miler before they're even born. That, that, would, be, predict- that would be... That would be easier. That would be easier. That would be easier. predict and set their life before they you even make their cardiovascular system genes better. Or- see, see, because I know this incredible person in my life. And she is fucking Great. She's incredibly smart, incredibly gifted, and she's about to graduate to be a fucking registered CN. Her entire life was never bad. She had an amazing family, funded, but at the same time, it was the, her family was so incredible and good to her. Never felt anxious her entire life. Never felt depressed. Never felt pressure. It's a resiliency issue. Because, yeah. Because the struggle builds it's, it's resilience. resilience. But at the same time, it says, hey, you grew up your entire life knowing that you're structured and you're safe. It says that your family's always here for you. We got your back no matter what. And so she was safe. She was comfortable. And now... For the second time in two years, she's moved to a different state, away from her family, away from her friends. Within the last year, she has confidently talked to me about her anxiety. Mm-hmm. This is new to me. <laughs> Makes a lot of sense to me. And it's because she's, she's had growing. That, she's had that structure and she's had that stability her whole life with her family. Mm-hmm. So it's like you could either grow up one 
estranged from your family and no friends and being anxious because you feel like you're a piece of shit to your family and to your friends or you can grow up incredibly secure and stable and now she's away from them again (laughs) even further than she was a while ago sounds like she doesn't instant she didn't have enough balance in her life they're going right? to be anxious. They're going to be depressed. They're going no, to be No, it doesn't scared. have to be that way. No, it doesn't have to be that way, but no, it feels listen, like to, listen, in today's listen. society, that's how it goes. It doesn't have to. It, it's That is painting the worst possible scenario. Eh. It is. Eh. Because we all, I love talking about this. It's the curveballs in life that matter most. Because it's, we live life not knowing basically fucking everything. Actually. Because I, I can wake up tomorrow and I could be dead. I could walk across the street. Every time I get in my car, I'm more likely to be dead. We have COVID going around being another idea of being dead sooner than later. And the whole point I'm getting at is regardless of his genetics, like we've been talking about in the whole part of this conversation, but we're getting into the topic that I've spent the last five years of my life trying to figure out for myself. You guys were joking around how I rode my bike this yeah, morning. The thing is, I the reason I do those ridiculous things because I wake up in the morning and say, I'm going to do 16 miles on a bike is to exercise that mental resiliency so that when I do have other things in my life that throw me the fuck off, I can lean into those moments and say, I've done harder shit. Yeah. Actually, like... What I wanted to try to interrupt you for. Go ahead. So how to say you love talking about this? I love talking about it. You want to know why? I think the greatest thing in the world is the fact that we are all so different. <laughs> That's because realistically, like I would look at it. She's got life made. She's got everything she should be happy but she's and not that's the point. and, that's and the i'm point. not and you're not and he's not or he's happy you're happy i'm happy whatever we're all just so different and it's so incredible to think about the fact that genetics and all of this says <laughs> hey you're gonna be fucking happy with this or you're not it is you gotta so, lean into it it is so incredibly amazing but at the same time, it's just we can like positive outlook is one of those things that a lot of people like push in your faces. Of, you're not going to be positive unless you're positive. This is a person who has pushed my positive outlook more than anybody else in the world. She's you need just need to be positive. You need to be positive. She's the most positive person I know. She's not. So what? All I'm just trying to say is if. In the past, they could have genetically mutated the fact that she would have just seen everything about this as a positive situation. I don't see the negative in that. I don't see the Optimism negative. is the best skill you can have. Optimism is fantastic, but just sometimes like... Maybe that could be a gene too. Everyone's Probably. yeah, everyone's optimism is different. It, like it's so crazy. I feel like the tagline to this podcast is gonna be everybody's different, dude. <laughs> or there's or the, the other headline would be there's probably a gene for dude, that. It's gonna be somebody's slogan one day. I, there's I, probably a gene I for that. Need, Go ahead, Mike. No, you no, had no. a thought earlier. You did oh, have a thought. Oh, I was gonna say what you were saying earlier about how it's so cool we're all so different. <laughs> Once that we start making these test tube genetically modified babies. Who's going to be that different? Yeah. yeah. Well, that the question is, is see, in the documentary, though, to kind now, of start wrapping this up. I wanted to le- no, it. yeah. I was going to tell say oh, that you- so you can start talking about it. Oh, okay. So Talk about it. Th- they said this. One of the scientists, I forget which one it was. I think he might have been a bioethicist. Yeah, I think he was. It was the bioethicist. It might have been. It was, that like was, it was the, the that was the lady. Oh, no, it was the other guy in, like, the gray shirt. But anyways, totally non-sequitur. <laughs> but any, he says that... The state because we're all so different. The idea of what is in quotes perfect will be different to different people. So even if we have this ability to manipulate people at this genetic level, your children will have if if we at that point we, we already it. know what Ben wants his kids right exactly. I want I my want, kid not want, to have stress and anxity. I want and my depression. kid to be now the I intellectuals in the room. Okay. I want my kid to have the highest IQ. Not IQ. I want my kid to be super kid intelligent. Be okay. I don't care if he's dumb as fuck. Right. I just want him to right. be and that's right. The point. That's your that's your thing. And yeah. then the computer geeks and nerds. I want my kid to be the smartest kid possible. 
the coaches, the athletes, I want my kid to be super athletic. Like 6'5", six, 240. Six, <laughs> like everyone's yeah, going to have their like, 440. archetype of here's Dude. the athlete, here's the, the math genius, here's the whatever. When we go into Brave it. New World. Because seriously, let's think about it. What, <laughs> what is Vincent Van Gogh? I know. We'll, we'll get there in a future podcast. What so, is, What is Vincent Van Gogh without struggle? Probably not one of the greatest painters we've ever I'm, had in the world. Leonardo da Vinci? Garbage. Anybody great? Steve Vincent Jobs? Van. I just, Elon Musk. I mean, and, and and I think this is where it gets complicated, is because it's like, all right. Let's we, let's wrap this up. <laughs> let's do it. Sorry, it's like it's we know okay. the past. What about the future? I want my kids to be happy. I think um, in the future, once we go through the the cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, I think that's the limbo phase where we're all trying to make this work, oh, but yeah. we're still like separated into the U.S. is its own power, China is its own power, <laughs> and like it things aren't working perfectly because there's not like a a world government saying nope this is how it's going to be yeah, there's no right. world culture right like you're going to jail because you're it's going to be like anyway this is all out of context but eventually there's going to be the differences in people that we're going to have the the super strong folk mm-hmm. you're going to have the super smart folk and everybody's going to be doing things independently wow, to it's make like it is- it's <laughs> almost going to be like what like divergent or allegiant whatever it is that series fantastic yeah movie. yeah but instead of them and then it. instead of them like sorting people who are already born they're going to sort people possibly through genetics in that way so that way we're more of like a, a structured computed yeah society right. my only worry there was we get like a cast like system where people would look differently at different people person was genetically mutated towards yes. here so they're here i'm here yeah yeah that's the only thing i would worry about and that's probably a different tangent for a different time but different time, you know, it's, it's science fiction yeah that's a little it's bit science more science fiction but it's sure. just fun to think about definitely because the sky's the limit and i again back to the ai thing i mean I if think- you can bring back dinosaurs i'm all game they want yeah. to do that with the mammoths. Because they want to populate the so, mammoths back into the if tundra. If they wanted right? humans. <laughs> so my ending to this podcast do it. is I think that this whole genetically engineering humans, essentially, World. it's all going to turn into we're going to just have the computers create the perfect human beings. And then we're going to travel throughout space, travel throughout time. We're going to create that Tom DeLonge spaceship thing with Element 115. Everything that's science fiction now is actually going to turn true because the supercomputers of the world are going to solve the human genetic problem to make it to where we are creating new universes. We are procreating. If you don't need to terraform Mars, you can just create a human that could live on Mars. Yeah, and live in that environment. That could possibly happen. So, food for thought for people. It just sounds super screwed up. We tackled this as humans. We tackled this as humans with the emotions, with the physical stuff, with what humans think is ideal. And I think it's going to start that way, but it's not going to finish that way. And human beings are always going to find a way to make things better than what they were. Mm Mm-hmm. And with the technology we have now, it's going to be integrating with technology. It, it always starts with good intentions. It's going to be integrating with technology. It starts with good intentions, and then over time, we we're, find there's... It ends up bad because we're going there are to, people who capitalize always on the bad. bad. We're not going to... Bad, but there are people who capitalize on the good, and there's always going to be people who capitalize on the bad. And it's just I, figuring it's out It's just going to be all homogenous. We're going to develop people's brains to be more compatible with Neuralink. So that way they <laughs> can throw the Neuralink in, and it's just, okay, you got the right brain for it now. You know what? I'm going to go against... We're going to make this whole society. It's just going to be all... Humo- <laughs> we're all going to be... Literally, it's, we're going to turn into a sentient being as a society. Because we're all going to be connected as one thing. I'm going to go against everything I just said in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you are all imperfectly perfect. <laughs> You're all beautiful. <laughs> I hope all of your struggles define who you are, and I hope your children is the embodiment of everything you ever wanted them to be. Again, Can you're, I that? you're imperfectly yeah. perfect. Continue to go on. We all love you. Let us know if it is unethical to alter somebody's genes. This is a fun podcast. Yeah. Love you all. This is perfect. Way yeah. to, Good. Best way to end it. That's it for now, everyone. This is really fun. We need to do this more often. I wanted to take some time here and talk about how you, the listeners, can support Feeding Curiosity. I've always believed in providing more content to 
whoever listens to this of value than what you would ever pay for. I don't like the idea of having to sponsor myself with products I don't use or believe in. If it's something I use and believe in, then sure, I will talk about it and I will do everything I can to do that. And I've done that on this podcast before. Not sponsored, but I've talked about many products that I believe in. But in the aims of choosing to create a new model that I believe in and that we should all be striving for is breaking ourselves away from the subsidized model that ads provide. And so with that, we have turned on the uh, anchor.fm support structure, which allows you, the listener, to subscribe to our content at the level of your choosing. That is either a $0.99, cents, $4.99, or $9.99 a month, meaning that you, the listener, and me, the creator, can be transparent about how much value you see in our content. And by doing so, that allows me to have more resources to ever increase the quality of this content. And that's not to say I won't be doing this anyways, but it breaks me out of the loop of having to worry about those things because there is a lot of time that goes into this podcast, but I love it. And I hope that by you choosing to support the podcast, you know how much I care about the quality of this content. And so with that, everyone... Thank you all for listening, and I hope you enjoy.